89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online everywhere at WERU.org. Healthy Options with your host, Andre Bella, is up next. Welcome to Healthy Options, a program that investigates the latest options in integrative medicine. Today we're speaking with Peggy Huddleston about research-based mind-body techniques that can help you prepare for surgery and address chronic pain. Please remember that this is a live call-in show. We welcome your participation. We'll be taking your questions and comments beginning at the half hour. That toll-free call-in number is 1-866-625-9378. That's 866-625-9378. Peggy Huddleston developed five steps to prepare for surgery using mind-body techniques. Her book and relaxation CD are recommended at hospitals across America, including Brigham and Women's Hospital, a Harvard Medical School teaching hospital. A graduate of Harvard Divinity School, her clinical work focuses on the ways positive emotions and the human spirit enhance healing. And I'd like to read just a comment by an anesthesiologist from the Santa Clara Medical Center. And she says the following, for several months, I have seen patients come through my own hospital who have used Peggy's program. The results are dramatic. The more anxious the patient, the more dramatic the result. Anxious relatives become calm and supportive. Many patients who you might expect to receive large doses of sedatives and or narcotics post-operatively, wait in a bustling pre-op area, calmly listening to their tape with no sedation. Peggy, welcome to Healthy Options this morning. It's so nice to have you on the show. So nice to be here. Thank you, Andre. I'm, I'm curious, before we get into the details of all of these techniques, um, can you tell our listeners how you first became interested in studying and developing mind-body techniques for healing? Yes, I was uh, working as a psychotherapist in Philadelphia, where I'm originally from, and I suddenly, in a group of three weeks, had a whole bunch of clients who were facing surgery and were feeling very anxious and said, what can I do? I can't sleep very well. Uh, my anxiety is, is really high, and I'm scared. And I said, well, what are you scared of? And they said, well, all the things the doctors told me, the surgeons told me could go wrong, they had me, I have to... They gave me a consent form that lists a ton of things I never even imagined could possibly go wrong. They say they just have a one in a million chance, but it gave me more things to worry about. And the doctor just says, well, just trust me, everything is is going to be fine. And the patient would always say, but that's just not enough. I'm still anxious. So I developed, I saw the need, so I developed these five steps to prepare for surgery that would help give them away at home for the several weeks while they're waiting for surgery, to get not only just relaxed but deeply peaceful. And and I found that as they used them, they kept coming back saying, oh, I've gotten so relaxed, I can sleep really well. Those people who are using these programs who had chronic pain, they said, there might be someone waiting for a hip or knee joint replacement say, you know, I'm even using this relaxation CD, and it reduces my pain. I can manage my pain when I'm waiting for the surgery, and I thought, well, that's great, and then they'd come back and say, you know, that surgeon, when I went back 
after a few weeks after surgery and to check the wound, they said it was healing faster than they normally were used to it. And then they said, uh, I actually left the hospital after a total abdominal hysterectomy. I left the hospital a day sooner and used much less uh, pain medication. My doctor gave me a prescription for Percocet. But heck, I didn't need to fill it. I was, I was just using Tylenol. So I kept hearing these things. Well, I just thought that I had gotten all the good patients. And then more and more people kept saying, you've got to put this in a book. So that's where we have Peggy's book, Prepare for Surgery, Heal Faster. And it has a foreword by um, Chris Northrup, who we also have interviewed um, here on Healthy Options. And it comes uh, complete with actually two CDs in the book and uh, quite, a bit of, quite a bit of information for all kinds of situations. Um, tell us a little bit about how the book and the tape uh, would help actually help somebody facing surgery? Well, someone facing surgery who's anxious is going to give them a specific way to reduce their anxiety. And the research studies I've done have documented that after surgery, it reduced the use of pain medication by 60% for people having colorectal surgery. And it also, the research shows, uh, increased patient satisfaction compared to a control group that used standard care. Well, you know, I know um, in her introduction, um, Chris Northrop writes, um, all surgeons know that though we can perform operations well technically, we do not have the power to heal the tissue we have injured. This is up to the patients and their connection with their own inner wisdom. So how... Uh, it sounds like that's what these mind-body techniques are about, the, the patient's participation in the process rather than just saying, my body is a machine, I will turn it over to the mechanic, wake me when it's over. You're, yes, you're absolutely right, because I give, I give the person facing surgery five steps that they can use at home. It could be, say, two or three weeks before surgery. It might even be two or three days, because often when women are having lumpectomies or mastectomies, they only have two or three days to repair. And even in that short amount of time, they can use my five steps to prepare for surgery to shift from being very frightened to getting deeply peaceful. And when a person shifts from the fight-or-flight response, they shift into having their parasympathetic nervous system dominant when they're deeply relaxed, and that actually causes the biochemistry of healing. And that's why people using my program actually heal faster because they're not sitting around terrified. They now know consciously to shift themselves out of fear into feeling deeply peaceful. And then they know how to take their worries about surgery and turn them into positive healing imagery and focus on those worries. And then uh, in the book, my favorite part is the third step. They ask their friends and family to think of them for the half hour before surgery, wherever the friends and family may be. They could be anywhere in the world, so they just line it up by time zone. So they're thinking of them while they're in Maine in that half hour while they're in the holy hour waiting for surgery, and think of them and wrap them in a blanket of love, whatever color feels more, most comforting. And if a person has a large family or a lot of friends or some prayer groups and gets about 20 people to do this, they say, uh, I felt uh, so peaceful 
in the holding area. I found a piece I've never felt before. If they have a larger group, say they're part of a tribe or a very large community, and they get everyone to focus on that half hour of wrapping them in a blanket of love, people will tell me, I felt more love than I've ever felt in my life. It's almost like it opens a doorway to heaven, and a person experiences exquisite love. So they go into the operating room feeling profoundly peaceful. As a result, anesthesiologists tell me they need to use less anesthesia because the patient's calm. And and actually, the uh, anesthesiologist from Kaiser Permanente Santa Clara Medical Center, Dr. Henny, whose quote you were reading, she told me, she said, Peggy, we can tell from 10 feet away which patients are using prepare for surgery, heal faster. I said, well, Dr. Henny, how can you tell? And she said, there's a wave of peace coming off the patient that we feel, and it affects everyone else in the holding area and even calms That's down. That's amazing. Yeah. The anesthesia staff. Yeah, yeah. That That is truly, truly amazing. Well, start with the steps. Let's actually get into the five steps. What are And, and I want to just make a comment about the book. I found in reading it that it is so user-friendly. I mean, there's information about the slightest little detail. I can imagine, I mean, I've, I've never, as an adult, I've never had any surgery, but I can imagine how anxious a person could be. And you kind of don't want to hear something too theoretical. Uh, what I like, one of the things I love about your book is that it's so practical. You know, it, it tells you, um, you know, not not to forget the batteries in your iPod or your CD when you take the tape with you to the hospital to play it. And it and I find that so reassuring. I mean, I feel that information is really comforting to people, that it's really right in that nitty-gritty level of what you need to know. So let, let's get into the five steps. Well, the first step is uh, coming up using my relaxation CD, and if someone's using an iPod, they can just easily transfer it to that. And listening to that twice a day, the research shows it actually reduces anxiety quite significantly, and it gives the person a way to just listen to it and it guides them in a state of deep relaxation. And in that deep state of relaxation, they go, oh, I feel so much better. And what it does is many people will say after they've used it twice a day uh, for maybe a few days or a few weeks before surgery, I hear them saying, you know, this has connected me to a feeling of inner peace I've never known before except Maybe when I'd be taking a yoga class at the very end, when we'd be in, in Vipassana pose, and I'd, I'd feel this peace, but I never could connect to it again. So it, it purposely guides someone into a deep state of relaxation. And so you can talk about that on the physiological level, the medical level, but also as a graduate of Harvard Divinity School, I like talking about it on the spiritual level, and I really see it the way a person learns how to shift from their personality into the energy of their soul. And our soul is peace and love. And we live in a culture that doesn't teach us how to connect to that deep peace that is our essence, that, that's always there. And so that's what I love about what I keep hearing people say. 
And it's fine if someone's an atheist using my program because they'll just say, I feel so peaceful. And I'll say, fine. I'll just ask, well, what do you think it is? They'll say, I don't know, but I just like how it feels. So that's the first step is using a relaxation CD or MP3 to get deeply relaxed. And if the person just stays deeply relaxed, they're now accessing their unconscious mind. I don't know if it's the good news or the bad news, but 85% of this is unconscious. And so as a person gets deeply relaxed, that's the way a person can access it. And then when they're deeply relaxed, they'll visualize their recovery. So they'll, uh, step two is visualizing, uh, turn their worries into positive end results. So they'll have an end result of what they'd like to say to a friend or family member who comes into their room after surgery, say after knee joint replacement, and says, how are you feeling? And most people will groan and say, oh, uh, thank God it's over and the pain's not too awful. And we said, no, no, make this really positive. And they'll say, well, what would be most positive? We'll say, you can say, I feel comfortable. And they say, really? I could expect to feel comfortable. I said, yep, anesthesia is really good at controlling your, your uh, giving you the right pain medication. You can push a button and, and give yourself self-administered pain meds. And you can just be saying to them, I feel comfortable. And would you... Feel your love from this person, their love for you, and they say, oh, yes. So now in a deep state of relaxation, they're imagining several times a day their loved one or best friend coming and saying, how do you feel? And they'll say, I feel so comfortable. I'm so glad you're here. And they feel their love for them and their love from them. So that's the first end result. And then the second end result is they're at home doing something that means they're recovering well. So some people are making chicken soup, some are curled up reading a book. It's whatever they most love to do. And then finally, for the third end result, they'll be doing something that means they're completely healed. So if they've had a knee joint replacement, they're out climbing Mount Katahdin again, or they're sailing. They're doing whatever they love to do with the people they love. And if it's a surgery for cancer, they put this end result as far in the future as possible if someone's 45, we'll ask them, well, the book will walk them through this. Well, could you imagine being 65 or 75, doing something with someone you love? Because I love the part in the book where um, the woman visualized her 80th birthday party with the candles on the cake. <laughs> yes, and she just imagine coming back from the gym, having worked out, feeling really oh, yes, and right, vigorous, right. and feeling all the love of her family around her. She's hearing them singing happy birthday blowing out the candles, because if you know you're going to live to be 80, you're not going to waste any of your energy worried, am I going to die of cancer? And that's the big fear when you get the diagnosis mm -hmm. of cancer. I, I want to remind our listeners, in case you tuned in a little bit after the hour, this is Healthy Options, and today we're talking with uh, Peggy Huddleston about her mind-body techniques for surgery, uh, which are talked about in her book, Prepare for Surgery, Heal Faster. Um, and this is WERU, we're 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 .9 Bangor, and WERU.org, streaming online. We also want to remind you that this is a live call-in show, and in about 15 minutes, you'll be able to call in with your questions and comments, and that number is 866-625-9378. 
Um, another question I want to ask you, Peggy, before we go on to the next step, is that um, I know, and I know actually this from my own experience, that your tape is also very, very helpful for people who have chronic pain who aren't necessarily going to have surgery. But just talk about the use of the tape itself for all kinds of other things, and then we'll go back to the surgery issue. Yes, um well, when a person gets deeply relaxed, we know from medical research that it inhibits the two pain pathways to the brain that they're called technically the delta nerve fibers and the C nerve fibers. So if a person, any of your listeners, have chronic pain, just if they can just get deeply relaxed, however they do it, they may have a relaxation CD or MP3 they like to listen to. They may just love to look at the clouds or look at the ocean. Uh, and they know, you know that feeling when you go into a state of oneness, where you feel one with nature. If they, they'll notice that they purposely just go into a state of oneness. They could do it lying in bed, or looking out the window, or being outside in nature. As they do that, before they begin, they should ask themselves: On a scale of zero to ten, with zero being no pain and ten being the worst pain, how would I rate my pain now? They'll say, "Well, it's a six. And then they'll go outside or just lie there in bed, just go into a time they felt a sense of peace and the pace was beautiful. And as they begin to just, the whole point is to get the feeling. Some people will say, you know, I can't visualize. I said, it doesn't matter because it's all about getting the feeling. So just let yourself go into that feeling of peacefulness, state of oneness. And at first, as they do that for a few minutes, They'll go, oh, my pain's less. And so that's how someone can use it to reduce chronic pain. The other way they can use it is to get deeply relaxed. And if they want to enhance and speed their healing, say they've already had surgery and they want to be healed faster, or they may have a chronic condition, if they get into this deep, relaxed state or in a state of oneness, and in this state, they're imagining doing something they love to do with that mean that part of their body is fine, they'll find, in fact, that will speed their healing. They don't have to know physiologically how their body is going to do it. The body knows perfectly well how to heal. So the person just needs to just feel like they're already playing tennis the way they want to be playing, that their shoulder is fine. So- they also, you know, the other thing that's great for this, and I discovered this, this by accident, it's marvelous for people who are having trouble sleeping. If they uh, want to use it to purposely go to sleep, then they listen to the relaxation CD. Uh, they get in bed, turn off the lights when they're ready to go to sleep, put on the relaxation CD or the MP3, start playing it, and listen. Uh, and as they listen to it, they'll get deeply relaxed, and then they'll fall asleep. The relaxation CD has three tracks. So they want to listen to track three, so it'll turn off automatically. If they had listened to track one or two, those tracks would uh, go to the next track and fall asleep. It would proceed to track two and just wake them up. So many people use it for falling asleep. Interesting. Now, I think some people might say, well, I'm not really very good at this. I've never done anything like this before, and I, I tried it. You know, I tried something like this once, and... It just didn't work. And I guess my question is, um, does this get better with practice? Does it get easier 
faster? Yes, it does. It does get better with practice. And we know from research studies we've done, uh, for example, there was a research study done, a randomized controlled trial at the Leahy Clinic in uh, Burlington, Massachusetts. It's a Tufts University Medical School teaching hospital. They did a study with 56 patients having colorectal surgery, and half of them used the book and relaxation CD, and, the, uh, and they had a one-hour workshop by phone. And I'll, I'll explain in a minute how anyone can have a one-hour workshop by phone with someone who's in training with me. Uh, and the other group was the control group, and they just had standard care. And what they found was that patients had significantly less anxiety the day before surgery. They had uh, used less medication uh, for anxiety. In fact, they even, by the second day at home, after discharge from the hospital, they were using 60% less pain medication. And when they're in the hospital, they healed so much faster, they were discharged 1.6 days sooner than those in the control group. I imagine that must mean a huge savings for the hospitals if people are going home earlier. Yes, the Leahy Clinic calculated that it meant they saved $3,200 per patient with a shorter length of stay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amazing, just amazing. Let's, let's continue with those five steps. Well, the, um, so we did the third step of being wrapped in a blanket of love, and I, I wanted to mention that when someone's felt that wonderful feeling of love or peace, to remind them to reconnect to it as much as they can because it's always there. It's just not for that half hour before surgery. Once someone's felt it, they can keep feeling it as much as they want to. And step four is asking the anesthesiologist, which the person meets about 20 minutes before surgery, and asking them if they could say three healing statements. And there's a page in the book of three healing statements that they cut out, and they just take it with them to uh, on the day of surgery. I often say just scotch tape it to your hospital gown and just ask the anesthesiologist, could you or a nurse in the operating room say these three statements? And I explain to patients, we know every hospital has a patient's bill of rights, and it gives you the legal right to make any request that's reasonable for the hospital to comply with. And the anesthesiologist may say, yes, I'll be glad to do it. For example, at Brigham and Women's Hospital, the Harvard Teaching Hospital here in Boston, because uh, I live right outside of Boston and Lexington, the anesthesiologists are glad to say the healing statements because they've had 20 nurses trained by me to give patients a free one-hour prepare for surgery workshop, and the anesthesia staff are glad to say the statements. And they also have the 20 nurses work in the OR, and they're, they're glad to say the healing statements too. And so the first statement, so someone can write them down, because maybe someone's having surgery uh, tomorrow, in, uh, in Maine, and they will say, well, what are those healing statements? So the first statement is, following this operation, you will feel comfortable and heal very well. And you write it down on a piece of paper and just ask, could you repeat this five times as I'm going under the anesthesia? As you're going under the anesthesia, it's putting into a very deep altered state of consciousness where you're very suggestible like in hypnosis. They could have repeated four times or six times. I just picked five as a number. And then write on the page the second healing statement, which you'll ask them to say towards the end of surgery, which is uh, they'll say, uh, your operation went very well. They'll repeat that five times. 
Because even though a person's unconscious with anesthesia, their hearing is still 100% intact, so they hear this. And then the third statement will say also towards the end of surgery, following this operation, you will be hungry for, and the person fills in the name of their favorite light liquid, like chicken soup or ginger ale. And the purpose of that is it wakes up their bladder, and it gets a faster turn of bladder and bowel function. Because if they say, following this operation, you'll be hungry for chicken soup or whatever person most loves, uh, or could be lemonade, then they know they can't have it in the recovery room. They can have it when they get back to their hospital room or if it's day surgery when they get home. But the stomach, will, their stomach will start saying, oh, where's the chicken soup? Where's the chicken soup? So it begins clearing the anesthesia out of their stomach faster and at Brigham Women's Hospital, where they use my program routinely, the anesthesia staff and the staff in the recovery rooms say patients' vital signs are back to normal two to three hours sooner than patients not using this. So it means you have a happier patient who has less nausea, uh, no vomiting, because if you're hungry, you can't be nauseated. And when I, my book first came out, I got a call from a nurse who was in charge of the recovery room at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston, and she said, what are you telling these patients? We don't serve chicken soup in the recovery room. (laughs) They're all waking up demanding chicken soup, and I laughed. I said, I know, and the patients know that, but have you noticed that the patient who wakes up hungry demanding chicken soup, that they have no nausea? Interesting. Oh, very interesting. That's right. Oh. If you're hungry, you can't have nausea. She yeah. said, that's what it's for. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, talk a little bit more about that idea that even though you're unconscious in the operating room, that the patient can hear everything that's been going on. Because I know when I was growing up anyway, the idea was that you were out and you couldn't hear anything. And talk a little bit about the research behind a change of ideas in that area. There's been, the best research in this has been, been done in the Netherlands. It was done probably 15 years ago. And they, they would, uh, in the research, it was quite interesting. The first study that was most significant was done in South Africa, a person who was a dentist would get a, a, a patient into a very deep altered state of consciousness through sedation, sedation, and then they would have a mock crisis, pretending something was really wrong, and they'd say, they'd say oh dear, oh dear, uh, check this, do this, and then they would uh, compare that to a control group where they didn't, they sedated them, but every, everything went smoothly, and they found that when... The patient was conscious, and they would hypnotize them and take them back. The patient would remember the exact words mm. that were said in the mock crisis. Mm-hmm. So that's why, in a conscious level, a patient may not remember them, but when you take them back to the same level where they heard it, they'll remember the exact words. So I found, for example, if a person wants to stop smoking, has tried many different ways of stopping smoking and hasn't worked, a surgeon, if they notice a patient smokes, say, well, 
do you want to stop smoking? And the patient will always say, well, yes, and I've tried, and I can't. They'll say, well, could we, towards the end of surgery, just add a fourth healing statement, which is following this operation, you will hate cigarettes, and we'll repeat it five times. And the surgeon will say, I've seen whenever I do this with my patients who want to stop smoking, they come out of surgery and they don't want a cigarette. So it's a great time. Interesting. To, or if the person, say, really needs to lose weight, they can yeah. add a fourth healing statement. Find this, this operation, uh, you'll just be drawn to foods that are healthy and help you lose weight easily and repeat that five times. Uh-huh. So it gets it into their unconscious mind. Interesting. Very interesting. I know there was a part in your book that I particularly liked where it talked about um, some doctors who constantly talk to their patients uh, before and after the anesthesia. And I think you talked about that one part about Bernie Siegel and how he would be operating on someone and he would, I forget what it was, whether he would say, well, we really need you to lower your blood pressure. And he would give a specific number and the, and the people in the operating room would be just amazed that that patient would actually control that and and give him that result. I mean, yes, that's oh, um, yes, mind blowing. That's amazing. And then a patient might be bleeding too much during surgery. Yes, yeah. And Bernie's doctor, Bernie Sigel, discovered he could say, "We really need you to stop the bleeding," and the bleeding would stop. <laughs> just, just. Totally, totally amazing. I want to remind folks that you're listening to WERU-FM, and this is 89.9 Blue Hill and 99.9 Bangor. This morning we're talking with Peggy Huddleston here on Healthy Options, and it is uh, the half hour. This is a live call-in show, and that call-in number is 866-625-625. 9378. So in another minute, those phone lines will be open and we encourage you uh, to call in. And one of the wonderful things about WERU Community Radio is that you get to talk in person directly to Peggy this morning. Um, Peggy, I also want you to talk about uh, the upcoming events that you have scheduled and also give people your contact information if they would like to know more. Great. Well, if uh, they would like to get the book, they can, or just read the research, uh, hear more about it, read articles about it, they can go to the book's website, which is www.healfaster.com. It's all one word, H-E-A-L-F-A-S-T-E-R. And they can call me at my office. That number is 800-726-4173. And they can order the book from healfaster.com. They're having surgery fast. They want an e-book. They can download it as an ebook, and they can download the relaxation CD as the MP3s, so they can get it right away. It's also available on Amazon. And on uh, there are two different events that I'll be doing in Maine, on in Bangor, on Friday evening, September 12th, at the Maine Holistic Center. I'll be giving a one a prepare for surgery workshop. It's for anyone facing surgery, or or could be. For nurses or doctors or healthcare professionals who'd like to learn more about it, I'll guide people through exactly these five steps to prepare for their own surgery. And it's at the beautiful Maine Holistic Center in Bangor. It's $10. And, of course, it's always what they're wonderful about there. If someone can't afford it, uh, we're glad to offer it to them uh, at a reduced rate or uh, as, a, as a donation. And then uh, 
what I'm excited about is September 25th and 26th, Thursday and Friday, in, I will be giving my two-day training for healthcare professionals in Eastport, Maine. It's been organized by Sue Carol Duffy, who's a psychologist at the Hosmoquati Health Center. Uh, they have a wonderful health center there that takes care of the tribe, and she took my training a year ago and found it so helpful working with uh, people at the health center that she is eager to get more uh, healthcare professionals trained. But there are five spots open if others would like to come to Eastport on that Thursday and Friday to take the training. And lots more information is available at the website at healfaster.com. So that's the best way for people to contact you is through the website, healfaster.com. Yes, that's fine. We, I answer all the emails mm-hmm. and, and call people back if they'd like to talk in person. And if somebody would like a free prepare for surgery workshop, from now between up until August 22nd, there's a marvelous nursing intern working with me this summer. And they can just go on the, my website at healfaster.com, click on free workshop, and a calendar will pop up. And they can schedule a free one-hour workshop with Haley McCauley, who's uh, going to her fourth year of nursing school at NYU College of Nursing in New York City. Great information for for all of our listeners. Just a reminder that um, this is a call-in show, and we do have the phone lines open now. That toll-free call-in number is 1-866-625-9378. So if you have questions or comments for Peggy, uh, please give us a call, Um, especially if you're someone who has surgery scheduled in the near future or is thinking that that's something that you may be facing soon. You might want to have some questions and talk uh, directly to Peggy. Uh, That number again is 866-625-9378. Oh, we do have a caller on the line. Uh, Caller? Hello? Hello? Are you there? Yes. Uh, I'm on a cell phone going six, which is, tends to die from time to time. But Okay. Anyway. We can hear you. Go ahead. Uh, Where are you from? Uh, Penobscot. Okay. Had surgery. Have you, have you had conversations about people who've had near-death experiences, and how has that changed their attitude toward, toward life and healing? Oh, yes. Um, near-death experiences are really remarkable uh, because when, so- when someone has that, the person goes from this dimension of waking life into a dimension where they feel all love. Uh, they, it, it's just the most extraordinary thing can happen, and they'll, then they'll be told it's not your time to die, and they'll come back. And what's most moving about it is they're connected to a dimension where it's all love. And it helps them realize that you can also feel this while you're still in a body or in this dimension. And many times they're given information about what the purpose of their life is, their soul purpose. Uh, it, it, they'll see loved ones who are on the other side. And it will often change, take away their fear of dying because they'll go, oh, we never really die. There's a dimension we go to where, because they may have seen their mother or their father, and, and, but they feel this palpable love, but no, they still need to come back into this dimension. But I think there's so many beautiful books that have been written about near-death death experiences that have been life-changing for them. 
Yeah, I, I would also mention that in the WERU Healthy Options archives is an interview with Jeffrey Long, who's an oncologist from um, Louisiana. Uh, and he wrote a book about near-death experiences and actually has an interactive website for people who have had near-death experiences and want to talk to somebody else who's had one um, or people who want, just want information. So it's a very interesting question. Thank you. And it's that state when people meditate, they connect to a deep peacefulness. And when we uh, go beyond peacefulness into a state of just that blissful love, it's learning how we can feel that more and more of the time. It's like stringing pearls in a necklace, that you're able to have more and more of those moments throughout a day. And it's just making the intention to live at, live at that state uh, because it's possible to be here in a human body going through an earthly life, but also in connection with the deep peace and love of our own soul. And I found that when people, back in the epilogue of my book, one way a person can speed their healing from any kind of condition is to learn to go into that state of peace, just going into a state of oneness in nature, or, you know, when you're holding someone in your arms who you love, and you feel your love streaming from your heart to them and their love streaming, streaming to you, that state is a state that very much speeds healing. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and talking about other people in our lives, I would like to go back a little bit to the idea of having a support system. Um, what kind of support system uh, do you talk about in your program, and, and how does that help people in this process of going through surgery and healing faster? Well, you want to organize a support group so you can ask them for the half hour before surgery while you're in the holding area to re- think of you wherever they happen to be and wrap you in a blanket of love that's the color that feels most comforting. And if you get a lot of people to do that, you'll feel this, uh, well, if you only get 20 or 10 people really know how to focus their their love, you'll feel that in the holding area. If you get 20 people, you'll go, oh, I've never felt this love. And then you can keep connecting to that love for the rest of your life. I think it's the one thing we all want to feel more of is love. And it's discovering there's an infinite supply. It's just learning where to tap in. And that experience of being wrapped in a blanket of love for the half hour before surgery is available to someone. Often people will uh, get prayer groups. Uh, I know hospitals where they have people trained to use my program will often encounter patients. They'll say, well, you could you ask 10 people to wrap you in a blanket of love? And they say, well, I only could think two or three people I could ask to do that. So they will hand them a list of five or six churches in the town and say, you could call these numbers of all the prayer groups of these churches because they already know about this program and they have prayer groups who would love to wrap you in a blanket of love and prayers for the half hour before your surgery. I'm reminded, Andrea, of a, a church in Rhode Island where the minister had used my program for two of her surgeries. So she had it had to repair a rotator cuff, and then she had a knee joint replacement and found it so helpful. She put together a whole healing team. She had 10 members of her church take my two-day training 
for healthcare professionals so yeah. they could give this one-hour workshop to any of their congregation having surgery. And they said, wouldn't you know, as they went to announce, this program was now available for church members. At the end of the service that day, a member of the choir stood up and said, well, I want to say goodbye to you all because I'm having surgery tomorrow and I'm sure I'm going to die. And so they all surrounded her and said, oh, we can help you. We've got someone, something we can offer you, a prepare for surgery mm-hmm. workshop. She said, but no, but surgery's tomorrow. I said, it doesn't matter. This will still work. So they guided her through the one-hour workshop, and they said, we'll all wrap you in your blanket of love, and we'll get the whole prayer group of the church to do this. So they had about 50 people who were just thinking of her wherever they were in Rhode Island, wrapping her in love. And when she came back to church the next Sunday, she stood up and said, I want to thank you all. I felt more love than I've ever felt in my life. I have 300 staples in my body, but I'm so comfortable, and I've never felt this love before, and I keep reconnecting to it. This has changed my life. Incredible. I think we have another caller on the line. Do we still have that caller? Yes? Uh, Caller, go ahead. uh, Yes, this is Dan from Bangor area. Um, I've been listening to your show, and we're fascinated with it. I uh, helped form the... uh, Center for Spirituality and Health at the University of Florida before I retired there, and we had a number of speakers uh, who would come in, like John Kabat-Zinn and people like that, over the course of five years, and and many of them spoke about these types of of programs. We had Bernie Siegel and so forth, and um, one of the questions that I had, well, I actually have two questions. One is, has it been used uh, in the treatment of alcoholism or drug abuse? Uh, I'm a pharmacist, but I also teach occupational therapists uh, spirit for the life force, uh, the spirituality and health. And I'm looking for some exercises that I can give my students um, uh, to do. And wanted to see if, if you tried this in the classroom. So. Oh, in, in the classroom? Uh-huh. Yes, it's it's wonderful to use it in the classroom because you just guide. In fact, you might want to take my two-day training that I'll be doing in Eastport. It's only about a two-hour drive from Bangor. Um, did you say you're – I'm sorry, I guess I didn't hear where you're – where are you located, Maine? Um, I'm uh, between Bangor and Bar Harbor, and I teach at a local university. Oh, well, that's great. Uh, yes. But I also because... have my clinical practice up at the – up at Indian Island, and so I'm fascinated as well that you're working with the Pastoral that's great. Oh, wonderful. Yes, you could definitely use this in your classes because as you, as you could, got, you'll learn to, to guide them into a deep, the students into a deep state of relaxation. First, you'd want to ask them to put their palm of their hand on their cheek and say, is it warmer or colder or the same temperature as your cheek? And as you know, any anyone who's stressed and has the fight-or-flight uh, response stimulated, their hand will be colder because when we're in the fight-or-flight response, our body pulls our, ex- our blood from our fingertips into our big muscles to fight or run away. And then you guide them just through a 10-minute relaxation mm. and ask them to put their hand on their cheek again and check the temperature. And they'll say, oh, my hand is warmer or the same temperature as my cheek, and they realize just with 10 minutes how much you could, they can shift themselves out of fear into deep relaxation. And if they had a headache, 
the headaches will disappear. So that's a simple way to do it. With, uh, with, and then you could also ask them to take anything they're worried about and uh, say, well, have you noticed when you worry, you always start to worry and then you worry more and worry more and you go down that whole worry path where it just gets worse. And you ask them to take the worry and come up with the outcome they'd like to have of the problem being solved and how they'd like it. And ask them, guide, say, we'll guide you through this deep relaxation just for 10 minutes. And when you're deeply relaxed, I want you to feel like this problem is already solved and what you'd be telling a good friend. And then would you be willing for the next week or so until the problem is solved, at any time you worry, of going into this end result, feeling like it's already solved, rather than going into the worry. And as they begin to notice that difference, that they have a real choice, they either can worry or they can go into feeling like it's solved, that they are making a very conscious choice of where they go, that they discover that things get solved much more easily because they change the way they're thinking about it. It would uh, be certainly something to add and I think that's why AA is so successful, because it has a deep spiritual component of uh, saying, you know, I am helpless in the face of this. Please help me. And I think we really connect to there's the whole spiritual dimension that when a person asks for help, that they connect to that, that will help them. And uh, a friend of mine, in fact, is in the middle of writing a book about... Uh, that when someone's going through substance abuse, there are actually uh, negative entities being that a person's energy field or aura will be opened up by either alcohol use or marijuana uh, use, and it allows negative entities to, this may sound really weird, but uh, many people, some people are able to see them, they'll actually, they can be disincarnate spirits have not crossed over the other side, but a person may die, but they go, don't go into the light. And they attach themselves to people on the earth. And if they were a drug addict, they will actually be then causing the person to continue using uh, substances and craving them. And so there's, that's why it's so important to show a person who's gone, going through with recovery to really connect with that deep spiritual essence. They weave a tighter aura. Uh, it's, it's deeply healing. So it, it makes... A big difference, but your question was, has my program been used with drug abuse? Uh, and it hasn't. And I actually think one of the best, do you know the work of Dr. Charles Gant, who wrote the book, End Your Addiction Now? Uh, no, I haven't. It's really excellent, because whatever the drug is of choice, he explains what nutrients, amino acids, and other nutrients a person needs to take. And as they do, they're craving for the substance they're trying to get off of, will disappear, so it's much easier to go through recovery if you're able to stop the craving. Mm. So I, I, that, I think that would, his book, End Your Addiction Now, would be the first line of defense. When he did a research study in a drug rehab with people using all kinds of drugs, hard substances, they found two years later, 83% of the subjects were still clean and sober. And as you know, it's usually the reverse two years later. Right. Wow. Well, um, my unfortunately, my daughter was in a uh, very severe uh, accident, and Bill's responsible, and uh, has gotten into 
into um, using alcohol as an escape from the guilt. And mm-hmm. um, she struggled with that a lot, binge drinking and things, and was a very successful college student and everything, and just had a, a one bad night of it. she can start taking that will begin because uh, when someone's drinking alcohol it drains all the nutrients out of their body and it replaces them and it it makes it much easier to stop drinking so that I think you'll find very good concrete help and also you know is she open to going to a therapist uh, yes she is but it's sporadic well Dr. Gant's book will be a tremendous help to you will give the whole nutritional foundation that will help her make that choice for recovery. Mm-hmm. But I've with a number of, uh, of uh, uh, AA folks that have been working in the 12-step program, and they, they take a spiritual director from step nine or ten or so, and, and it's been very, very helpful for them to feel um, a lot of listener. Um, and even that with some people with some mental illness, then they feel helped by just sitting with someone telling their story in a loving space. And uh, so I, re- I really have personally experienced this. Uh, I think one of the things that helped me is that I had a near-death experience when I was four. And oh. it really, I, I, I felt the feelings you've been describing during that near-death, being wrapped in the block. And it just helped me throughout my life. Isn't it the most amazing thing to feel that extraordinary peace and love? Oh, yeah. And and when you try to explain to someone, you know, they don't, you have to experience it, I think, to, to really do it. And so I'm glad that you're doing some imagery that helps people experience it because experiential learning is so much more than just reading about we have, we have just a few minutes left, and I don't know if we have any callers that are out there who would like to talk to Peggy. We're talking to Peggy, Peggy Huddleston about preparing for surgery and healing faster through mind-body techniques. And that number is 1-866-625-9378. Uh, thank you, caller, for those wonderful questions and that wonderful, wonderful discussion. Well, um, thank you for the program, and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you very much, very much for calling. In the few minutes we have left, Peggy, I also want to ask you, um, what can be done to prepare children for surgery? Does this work for children as well? And how would that be different than uh, the techniques being used for an adult? Yes, for any young child, say up until about the age of 12 or 14, the parents would use my book, and as they get deeply peaceful about the child's surgery, then you'll have a peaceful child. When I had just finished writing the book, my son was 10 and a half and needed to have a hernia repair, and I watched how anxious I became, and so I had to use my own method. Uh, so it makes makes a, a big difference. If, but once a child, say, is 14 or older, then the child would reuse the book and the relaxation CD, and the parents would listen to the CD using the same end results that the child is using. So that the... Uh, teenager 
who's having their wisdom teeth out or facing surgery would learn to listen to CD to get deeply relaxed, to come up with their healing imagery, and the parents would use the same healing imagery. So you create a whole family unit uh, that's, that's doing this. Well, I, I can certainly see where children are going to majorly pick up on how their parents are feeling. So if the parent is feeling peaceful and calm, then the child is going to pick up pick up on that as well, and and certainly vice versa. Yeah. That makes makes a lot of sense to me. Um, in the couple minutes we have left, I also want to uh, to talk about um, you know give us some idea of how many hospitals are using your book. And I know this is just not in the United States. I know this is around the world. But can I, I, I want to cover this because sometimes I think people think, oh, well, this is maybe a new idea that just came along. And it's sort of, but give us the extent of, of how accepted you feel these methods have been in the trainings that you've done. Well, for, it's being used in hospitals all over the country. For example, NYU Langone Medical Center in New York City has offered this to their patients for free for the last probably 12 years. Uh, Kaiser Permanente, the, the largest HMO in the country, uh, at Santa Clara Hospital Medical Center, they offer it. The second largest hospital system in the country is Carolina's Medical Center. And two years ago, I trained 20 nurses there to use the program. Uh, in February, I was at, in Baltimore at the University of Maryland Medical Center. There, the chief nursing officer wants her legacy to be having brought mind-body techniques into every unit of that large hospital group of group of hospitals, and I just trained people there. In fact, I was just in Baltimore a few weeks ago. The director of the bone marrow transplant unit asked me to train the 14 nurses in using my program because he's sure that patients going through bone marrow transplant would be helped using mind-body techniques along with the treatment. So it's being used at many, many hospitals around the country. The relaxation CD is translated into Spanish, so it can be used by Spanish speakers. And do you know if it's being used by any hospitals here in Maine? Uh, yes, uh, it. There, yes, and I it just uh, I I should remember the names of them right now. I'm not I'm not remembering exactly which ones. There are a couple so, that do. Well, so if someone, say, for instance, was going into Eastern Maine Medical in Bangor, um, then who would they talk to about, let's say they got your book, they'd been using some of the techniques, um, and then would they talk to their surgeon, I assume, about this? How do they get started with the hospital? Yes, uh, they would, in their preoperative meeting, well, they would could just take the book and show it to the surgeon, and just there's a page that cut out and give to the surgeon saying, I'm going to be asking the anesthesiologist to say some healing statements uh, or the nurse during surgery so that the surgeon knows what the patient's doing. And then in their preoperative meeting, they would just say, I'm using this program and I'd like to have an anesthesiologist or a nurse in the operating room assigned to me who will be glad to say the healing statements. And then 20 minutes before surgery, when they meet their anesthesiologist, they'll hand that page to uh, them saying, could you or a nurse in the operating room say these three healing statements? So it's pretty easy to use, even if a hospital isn't currently using it. A patient just advocates for themselves and knows that the patient's bill of rights gives them the legal rights to make these requests. Yeah, I think that's important for people to know, that that 
they do have a legal right to request this. This is not something that's terribly unusual. And in the book, I think it's very user-friendly because you can just cut the page out and hand it to the doctor. And if you have the book and the CD there, uh, if the doctor isn't familiar with any of it, the doctor could certainly do more research. Um, Quickly just tell us one more time, Peggy, your contact information, and um, tell us about the events coming up here in Maine in September. The website is healfaster.com. They can read more articles and watch videos and get information or order the book. The phone number is 800-726-4173. I'll be in Bangor on Friday, September 12th at 5 p.m., giving a one-and-a-half-hour prepare-for-surgery workshop at the Maine Holistic Center. And then if someone would like to take my two-day training for healthcare professionals or anyone else who would like to be able to get trained in using my program, I'll be giving that on Thursday and Friday, September 25th and 26th in Eastport, Maine. And uh, it's open to anyone who'd like to take it. I think there are about five spots available. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. And just in the couple minutes that we have left, I just wanted to cover, whoa, I think we're out of time. Peggy, thank you so very, very much for joining us here on Healthy Options. Um, Thank you for presenting all this wonderful information to our listeners and all the people that called in and all the people that listened. You are part of our WERU family, and please join us again on Healthy Options. Thanks, Andrea. Support for WERU comes from Penobscot Bay Press, 